My name is Elizabeth Lewis, and I'm the owner and CEO of Detroit Mom. As a teen mom, I know firsthand the feeling of isolation and the fears that come at different stages of motherhood. I spent half the time wondering where to find community and the other half dreaming of a way to create that community for myself and the women around me. No mother should experience change and challenges alone. I created this community and podcast to make sure women in my community are never alone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. The intention of this podcast is to make sure you have a voice and your story is being heard. This morning, what we are bringing to you, well, this afternoon now, is the importance of talking about Black History Month. And, you know, Erica, I'm going to let you take the reins on this one because you so beautifully put this together for us. I know the conversation we had beforehand was incredible. So I, I kind of want you to jump in with why, where this talk came from and why we are having it with everybody today. Oh, sure. Thanks. For one thing, I like to take calendar moments. Like these are such great built-in opportunities to talk about certain topics. So it seemed right on January 31st that we should talk about Black History Month. And I know that like some of the posts that are going to be going up this week are about Black History Month or Black History Month related topics. My post about DEI is going to be out this week. So it seems like we should, of course, seize that opportunity, but also, I mean, talk about comfortable with the uncomfortable. I think there are a lot of people that, or I would guess that a lot of people, like even knowing that it's Black History Month might feel like, okay, but what do I do with that information in my own home? Particularly, my guess would be that non- people of color or actually non-black people might feel like, okay, how do I work with this? How do I stay on the, the right side of the line? You know, what's appropriate for me to do? So I figured let's talk about it. Um, but most importantly, and I shared this with all my teacher colleagues too, like let's not miss the opportunity to engage the kids in this. I'm super passionate about Black History Month not being MLK, Rosa Parks, Jackie Robinson, Barack Obama month. I'm very like please talk about almost anyone but them because the kids every year, every February hear those names. Um, and so like I provided a resource for my teachers a couple days ago about like, here's some other names to consider. Here's some topics to consider. Like Black History Month is so much bigger. And even at 34 years old, I'm still learning like different thing, different ways we should be approaching this amazing opportunity. So yeah, it's been kind of like a passion and something that's super important to me. I think, so one of those things, like those different ways to approach it is for this to not be a month about here's all the awful things that happen to black people. Here's all the oppression of black people, slavery, slavery, civil rights struggle. But like, let's talk about wonderful things that have happened because of black people. Let's talk about wonderful contributions that have been made and not just root everything in this pain and agony story because we have so much more than that. So, I mean, I could obviously go on and on for years about it, but yeah, I figured why not support the Detroit mom community with like, if they're wondering how to talk to their kids about it, what do they say to their kids, which stories to tell, what resources to use. So yeah, I just thought it'd be super important. I want to share this as you're talking about this. It's interesting because I come from a really small town in the country and we actually, I don't recall any of the conversations or learning anything about Black History Month or Black History at all. And I'm sure that I'm not the only person and I'll, I think I shared this. I can't remember where, but when I moved, when I moved to the city, 
so almost 16, 17 years ago, I remember my daughter was at school and they're like, oh, they have MLK day off. It's like, wait, what? You guys have MLK day off here? Because where I come from, we don't have MLK day off, which really thinking about it as I thought about it was like, oh, so they didn't really recognize that as like an important day where I come from. That's why we didn't have it off. And so it was just really interesting. And I think sometimes we get lost in that where we're like, oh, we get the day off. We really don't know why. Like we really, I don't know if the kids fully understand it or like you said, then the typical people that, you know, Barack Obama or Rosa Parks or Martin Luther King versus like even things that I think about, I just literally learned about Emmett Till last year. Crazy, right? That's yeah. Huge. Yeah. And one of our getting comfortable. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is actually a really crazy story. Like our kids should know that because I think it's important to share because if what, when we share that, we can say, this is why you don't say things. This is why you don't, you know, like I, there's so many lessons to be learned from Emmett Till's story. And I think a lot of people, I'm sure if we ask people even to comment in here, do you know who Emmett Till is? I don't know. I don't know how many people actually do know who he is. So I don't know if you want to Share, like, it's just like, just interesting. ABC just did a great series around what happened to him and everything that his mom went through and stuff that was, it's called Women of the Movement. And it's on Hulu right now, I know. I think it's like six or seven weeks, but it's, you have to take breaks when you watch some things, right? And this was a, you have to watch, but you have to take a break and then you have to watch. You shouldn't binge it. Yeah. Oh. What's it called? Is it a, where's, where can you find it? It's an ABC show. So Probably it was on Hulu. Yeah. Oh, it was on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And I would actually rather not share who Emmett Till is because I want people to go look it up themselves. Yeah, that's true. That That's a great point. And that's yeah. kind of what I did was it's, it was in one of our chats when we were doing a getting comfortable series. And I was like, I'm going to look him up. And I was just like mortified that that happened. And that was even something that somebody had to go through. So just know that the woman who is central to his story is alive, living her life. So like nothing happened. So when we talk about history, you know, things that people treat as ancient history, or that was so long ago. No, 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 no. When was that? I don't know what year it was, but the lady is like 84 or something. Oh. So yeah, not, not as long as, not as long ago as folks think. Well, the thing with history is that, right? That, okay. So it happened long ago, but what has changed? Right. Right. And so if we haven't changed and we see ourselves back again and again and again, at that same point, again, that means that we haven't learned the lesson Mm -hmm. and that is what's missing is that the names have been read, people get, you know, they line their bookshelves with books. How many times have you picked it up and read it yourself? So it's like this notion of, I want my kids to know, and that's great, but let's learn together is I think should be the new uh, mantra, the new way of thinking that people have to kind of accept and embrace and ask your children about it. Hey, did it come up in school today that, you know, Black History Month just started? What did you learn? What did your teacher say? And if the teacher didn't talk to the school about how you can embrace it and, and how we can bring it into our schools. 
Mm-hmm. And when they does, it does come into schools, what kind of books have your kids brought home from, say, a Black author? Maybe the subject matter is completely different. Maybe it's nothing to do with the Black experience, but the author is Black. And her or his voice is being used to tell a story. And, and, and I, love that, that we, I, I love that we have so many options. But what I, what I feel is missing is a lot of people think that come from the notion of educate me. Mm-hmm. but the mindset has to change like no educate yourself mm-hmm. because the resources are there and the opportunity is there so long as and if nothing else maybe the black history month what you can bring into your own homes if it's, when we're talking about bringing it to our dinner table is how have we what what is the education we need to to do or have take place in our homes like what do you know about and what you don't know about so i'll be honest because i grew up in canada i don't know a lot of the black american history figures and so Last year, I kind of heard all these names in the media and I'm like, you know what, I'm, I don't know this stuff. Like, I, I really don't know. I, I know, but, you know, like, like Erica was mentioning, I know the, the, the more of the common names, but I don't know a lot of the other people. And so then I started doing this thing. This is my education. This wasn't about who the reader was. So for Lansing Mom, I, you know, we, we did a little bit of a series of all the Black Americans we should know about. And there were so many <laughs> that I just felt like. I did a disservice by just doing like a part one, part two, part three. I felt like we could have literally continued on and on and learning it was better education than for me to just have gotten a book and just read it. Because when you learn it, you realize how much it was the same struggle again and again Mm -hmm. and the same dismissiveness again and again. You know, what's funny, Tom Keen, is I watched a video the other day because I'm obsessed with TikTok and it was talking about black Canadian history and I was like oh my mm-hmm. gosh they're naming names that I've never heard of but there are important stories I outside loved it. of it was my favorite these borders in school it was my favorite month I remember we would have I loved them we would all line up in the assembly and they would go and talk about how the underground railroad worked and the story of the slave sang out and we had them memorized and I still sing them to my kids and and knowing them as an adult and you know and the what it meant it's a beautiful thing that experience we went through as little immigrant kids because you know we were like a really multicultural school but it was amazing it was it was enriching because we all sat in that assembly we learned those songs we saw the struggle Harriet Tubman bringing them to Canada and all the opportunity it was just it was a beautiful experience I loved learning every year and I wish my kids knew but when I asked them and said what does your school say unfortunately they're like yeah we saw something we heard something but it isn't it isn't going down to that level where they're learning on an everyday basis like we did. Right. Definitely interesting Back too. In not holy moly. I know. Wow. This was the 90s. <laughs> no, I was just going to say it's like we know that the Underground Railroad like went to Canada, but then right. I feel like the, that story cuts off. I've never right, right, right. before considered like what happened once we got to Canada. Right, right, so right, like right. so fascinating that our next door neighbors have a totally different like part two of the story. Right. Wow. Right, right, right. Um, something you, Tom Keen, you said something that I think everybody should kind of take into account. So I was reading something recently that said, you know, we digest all this information. So like, say this book that you suggested, Kanisha. So the social justice or parenting. Social justice parenting. Yeah. So, you know, you read it and then you move on to the next thing. And what they said was, why don't we, instead of just reading stuff, we read it and then implement it instead of moving on to the next thing. And I was like, that is so true because think of how many things you read or statements or quotes or different things you pick up and you, you maybe repost it or things like that, but you don't actually take it and do something with it. 
Like, what can we do? So our kids bring these things home or we learn about Emmett Till. What could we teach our children? What could we do differently instead of just digesting the information and not doing anything with it? Yeah, like, what can we talk about, right? Yeah. How can we get uncomfortable at our dinner table and address the questions and the doubts the kids have? Like, how come my kid, my, like, like, I'm telling you, there are certain things, these kids, they're brilliant. And they've got some really smart questions out there. But we don't take the time to just sit and address those questions and even say, I don't know. But let's learn together. Right? And so, yeah. So I guess, Tumkeen, that's making me think, think about, so the uncomfortable, right? I don't know, depending on who's watching or how folks feel, let's talk about there's some folks that still feel like we shouldn't have Black History Month, that there should be, there's not a white history month and there's not a such and such. Um, and granted, there are history months for a lot of the marginalized communities. There is Hispanic Heritage Month, there is Indigenous Peoples Month, there is Asian American, like AAPI Month. So in case someone is feeling that way of like, I just don't believe we should have it, like we should be beyond color, the reasons we have Black History Month, the other 11 months of the year are absolutely white history month, at least in, in the U S and I'm curious what it was like in Canada, because the populations are so much different, but you know, kids, kids in particular spend all year learning about white heroes, white presidents, white founding fathers. Yeah. White everybody, not because they're white, but because that's who is just like, that's whose stories get told. And that's who they're taught about without explicit effort they will not learn about so many black characters in this country's story. And that's why we have it. So the most American thing to do is to know your history completely from all angles, from all and all the stories included. Um, A lot of this notion of people like, Oh, it's somehow it's a little bit un-American to unlearn certain things is, is something that I feel like you're doing this great country a disservice because this country has a lot of history and it is it is the most nationalistic thing to do is to know all about it is to know about the good and from whoever did the good and and to know about all the angles and all the stories and all the I always say how does my son who's who's brown and has a Muslim name how is his passport or his birth certificate less American than someone whose last name is something different and skin color is something different like what makes him less of an American than another one same thing, same country, born, raised, same, sitting beside each other. But somehow, oh no, where do you really come from is what, you know, is what people will ask, right? And so like, that's when, like uh, the fact that anyone gets a highlighted month means that apparently we're missing out on the rest of the months, as Erica just said. Yeah, like we want to get to a point where we don't need that. That's the goal right. that right, right. Black history is just history. And take off the books and take out the books from the the history books they say the wrong things like let's remove them right. let's take out those chapters let's rewrite those chapters so that one book will have everyone's story in it not really talking about you know like what really happened when Christopher Columbus came over you know that kind of, that right. kind of stuff or now there's the huge debate on critical race theory and if it should be allowed in the schools when all reality is history it's it's things that happen but because there's a label on it, it's looked at like taboo. Oh my gosh, we have to start banning all these books and talking about it in school and we can't talk about the things that really happened and how things really went down, right? Yeah. 
Awesome team. Earlier, you were talking a little bit too about how in school you learned about like the Underground Railroad and reenactments and things and stuff. I know a couple of years ago, we took our kids to the African American Museum in Detroit, which I have a blog coming out later this month about that and, and some of that experience. But when you're in there, there's like immersive things that you can do, like walking through the slave ship was like traumatizing and heartbreaking and eye-opening like all at the same time but there's also a part that you walk like the path on the underground railroad and read like different things about it and, and who walked here and who did what and your kids get to immerse themselves into that and really learn and it's like it's a great experience to to take kids to if you're black if you're white if you're muslim whatever you are right. like, just taking kids there to to immerse yourself into that experience yeah, walk with the kids, right? And you know what, Kanisha, two years ago for my birthday, I had like, we always do a family birthday gathering and I made mine a trip to the Charles H. Wright Museum. And it was with my my white family, my husband's family. And that was on purpose. Like, no, we're all going. This isn't something for just me to do or just me and my kid to do. We're all going. And I have no idea how they felt about it. I didn't ask. Like, it was more important to me that we go and we see that. And that part with the ship is like I had to zoom through it because like, I can't handle this. This is repeated drama to me, but it might be new information for my nephew. So, you know, but it, it's such a cool experience. I highly recommend that to everybody. I think an important thing when you say repeated trauma, I also think this is an important thing to bring up. Like what happened to your past to ancestors in the past is, is literally in your DNA. Cause people always say like, Oh, that didn't happen. You know, like slate or you're, you weren't enslaved or, you know, all this stuff that was your ancestors. But I think sometimes people fail to realize like our bodies are so incredible and our DNA is like your mother's, your grandmother's, your great grandmother's DNA is embedded in yours. And so you carry all of that past trauma into this. And that's why they talk about breaking generational traumas and breaking all of these things is it's not because it's something that happened to you in this life. It's something that happened to to an ancestor of yours that is, is literally in your DNA. And as someone who's personally going through inten- like tra- intense trauma therapy, they talk about that, how a lot of the things that I'm shedding are literally traumas of my mom's, of her mom's, you know, things like that. And it doesn't have to be, you know, obviously for the black community, it is very much that, right. Or any community that has been done on injustice. And so I just wanted to say that, cause I think it's important. People remember that it doesn't mean when people say repeated trauma, it doesn't mean it's something that's happened to you specifically in this lifetime. It's something that's happened to an ancestor lifetime, previous lifetime, lifetimes ago that you're carrying literally in your genetic makeup. You know, I watched another video. I have a video for everything the other day that I guess there's a whole theory of research that is not super substantiated yet, but they're talking about that, like, yes, the black community is carrying generational trauma and that's kind of been accepted. And like the psychological, like the psychology world understands that, but then like, okay, why, why then or let's consider the fact that if we're carrying what happened to our ancestors, are white folks also carrying what their ancestors did? And to think about the fact that like we're walking around with this and this other group of people is walking around with that 
to both totally unaware and just like how interesting that makes everything. And it was like the first time I'd ever thought about that, you know, I've especially that. when folks did not, you know, like I wasn't involved, you weren't involved, we're both free, but like, okay, I'm carrying what happened. You might be carrying what happened too, whether you know it or not has nothing to do with what your body remembers. It's true. Yeah. And that's and then, like important to bring up. And then Kanisha, I know you also wanted me to mention that video I shared on my Insta the other day, and I have been telling everyone that would listen to me, you know, like there's stuff that you know in the back of your mind, but when someone says it out loud explicitly, you're like, oh, that just like really hit. This woman made the point that millennials, which of which I am, are the first generation of Americans to be born after the civil rights movement. My parents were alive before the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Like, we're the first generation that was born with full voting rights. The yeah. first. So when, mm -hmm. I think when we talk about Black history, like, history does not mean 100 years ago, 400 years ago, yeah. especially in such a young country. Like, my mom, who, <laughs> like, I FaceTimed with last night, you know, like, mm. to think about the rawness and the freshness of that is pretty wild. And that we're still having issues with access to voting is a whole another conversation. Well, right. We were born with those rights and lots of people have since lost them. And that's a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The first generation. That is wild. Yeah. When, when I saw your video, Erica, I was like, we have to talk about that. Because I'm a millennial too. So I was like, this is, when you think about it that way, like, you know it, you know it deep inside, right? But when you're at, when someone says it and you're actually like processing it, it's different, right? Yeah. I mean, thinking about like, why would Black history be important? That's why it's important because it's still salient. Like it's still modern history or whatever they call it in like historical world. And then like also, I would say also, making it acceptable to speak about all aspects of black slash American history. Because like for, I'll give you an example. When my son was uh, going to do a project for like heroes or something like that, he, out of the list of uh, names he got, he wanted to do it on Malcolm X. And he, the name was not on the list. And so he went to his teacher and he said, I want to do it on Malcolm X. You know, he was a black American civil rights leader, but he was also Muslim. And I really like, you know, I want to merge that. And his teacher was uncomfortable. He emailed me and he said, you know, he's a controversial figure. So what do you think? And I said, I know what you're trying to imply, but my son is very proud and he wants to do this and I'm going to support him all the way. And so he said, okay, I get that. I get it, you know, but I just don't know what the school will think. I said, well, let's stick to it and let's see what comes up. So my son did his research and whatever he highlighted. And he was so proud in that moment to do what he did. And I was so proud of him because he wanted to do it. He said, he said, why don't you do MLK and stuff? And we said, you know, and we had three other kids who were doing that too. He said, you know, he's great as well, but this is the one that we want to highlight. We want to highlight Malcolm X. And so I think that let's not make people controversial. Like, let's accept all facets of this history, all contributions. And when we're talking about the people who unfortunately suffered and gone through a lot of trauma and stuff, let's also highlight the great contributions. Let's go to the Black businesses. Let's go into Black stores. Let's go and read about the Black news today, what's going on today. It's all incorporating the history. So to say that it's just back then or those people, let's bring it all in. Because until we don't integrate, and not do that, we're still thinking there's just something that is not part of everything and everyone else is a minority, 
and there is a majority when the minorities are becoming the majorities, which is a whole nother topic. Yeah, but that's absolutely right. I feel like people put this timeline on what Black history is, like it starts in, at slavery and either ends in 1865 when slavery ended, mm-hmm. or it ends in 1968 when MLK was assassinated like there is no start and end we've been here before we're still here we're still like there's so much to talk about and that's why I encouraged my colleagues like teach about folks from the last 20 years like history doesn't have to be like it was 1960 to 1965 and that's black history let's talk about current people right right Mm -hmm. I something you said Erica about you know, obviously January is human trafficking month. And I was looking that up and they talked about people who are in slavery for like essentially enslaved is what it said. But that brings up an interesting conversation. I actually was talking to someone, I don't even remember this, maybe like a year and a half ago, we were doing the getting comfortable series. And she said, yeah, I have a, I have a friend who has a black woman as like her housekeeper or something, but the way she said it was like, almost as if like, it was like back years ago, like the help. Yes. And I was Ooh, just like, was- whoa, yeah. this is so, and she got paid like very little. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, so when you said that it was, it was something interesting, even when I was looking up human trafficking, like what you're saying, like that still is a reality of things that there are still people I mean but even like people think that the civil war ended and Abraham Lincoln freed all the slaves he didn't guys he didn't slavery didn't end in 1865 but because it's literally a paragraph and a half in a history book that you read in 11th grade that's what we're walking around with that's why we need black history month Mm -hmm. so you know there's so much to be learned yeah, there. Yeah. And actually, I didn't even know that either. What? Okay, so what can we what can people at this point, like what tangible things can we give people like, so I did bring like, I like to be a, a help. So because I'm at school, and I have my library here, I brought two books that I love. My daughter owns these two. But like talking about bringing this to the kids and then like Tom Keen was saying like if school if their school lesson isn't going deep enough how can we learn more I really enjoyed these books by Vashti Harrison the little legends and little leaders one is all about women and one is all about men but it's like each page is about a different person a different black person and some of them you've never heard of so yes it includes like Rosa and Martin and Jackie but like I've never heard of Oscar Michaud And so like, it's just a quick one pager about everybody. And I feel like that's a super easy, like you can do it at bedtime, you can do it at dinner to learn about people you never met. Yeah. And, and some of them go like, I know Misty Copeland is in this one, like the women's one. So it goes even into like the present, you know, it doesn't end at Rosa. So Copeland. What? Misty Copeland. Yeah. Did what? Oh, she's a, she's a dancer. Okay. So yeah, that's, isn't that an interesting, like when you said her name, I was like, she's like the Simone Biles of dance, basically. So I highly recommend these books by Vashti Harrison. Yes. And she, I just saw her picture back here. Because there's also controversy on that of white people writing books to do with anti-racism or stuff like that. Oh yeah. I love that. 
and they're sold as a set too, like in a two book set. So these are really great for kids and grownups. Okay. I learned a lot from these when I read them to my kids, like, Oh, let's pick one that I don't know. So I feel like that's a very like realistic, easy thing to do. Go to the library and get them. You don't have to buy them if you don't want to. Can you get them on Amazon or support a local or support a local? I was going to say, I'm sure you can, but I'm mad at Jeff Bezos. So I don't buy on Amazon anymore if I can't help it. (laughs) He went to space. He has too much money. He doesn't need mine. Go to source booksellers in Detroit and see if they have And if they don't, I'm sure they could order it. Where else, Kanisha? Is it John Casey? Is that the middle name of the bookstore? It's freaking fabulous. Like, bookstore in downtown Detroit, like five levels or something. Yeah, and that's all used books. John King, oh my gosh, it's huge and it's hard to navigate, but I'm sure a staff member could help you. It's used books, you said? Yeah. But so fun to just go to. Yeah, that one's great. But I'm a big fan of using books for everything. Like, especially Kidlit, I feel like is a quick, like grownups can learn so much from Kidlit. The kids learn a lot from Kidlit. I like this one because it's short, like a page per person. There's no, like, there's no reason you can't fit that into the day somewhere. I also, and I'd be happy to share it maybe like later as a comment or something, but I like curated this list of names of like change maker, black change makers and black thought leaders and authors and like some untold black stories like Henrietta Lacks. I included like some, like Marseille Martin would be an amazing person for the kids to study right now because she's like 17 years old. She's the, she plays one of the twins on Blackish, but she has produced a movie. So like talk about what kids can learn and be inspired by. Her story is incredible. So you know, like, and I can, so I can share that list of names later. There's just like so many avenues to go down and to look up. And we'll have, we'll have a lot of great content too on Detroit mom, you know, for you specifically. Cause I think it's easy to be like, well, why would I have this conversation at dinner or why would I, what, what's, why is it necessary? Right. And I think that's where we get so caught up in our own lives and like, especially people that it doesn't really affect. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've heard it before. Like, well, why, why would I have this conversation at dinner? Don't they learn this in school? I, I, I've heard that plenty of times. Like, well, don't they learn it in school? Well, some do and some don't. I know I did not, but I don't think school is, think about it when your kids are at school. Like they're not like going in depth They're you know, they're giving very much like the cliff notes. Yeah. They get like 40 minutes for the reading block and then it's on to the next thing. Like the schools are giving them like morsels, right? And we get to chew them at home. So, yeah. so I think that even like I say, I think we, we, we sometimes feel like we need to have these amazing resources and they're great to educate ourselves with, but why not have a conversation? I, I go back to conversation because we'll say things like, I mean, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll talk to my teenagers and I'll be like, you know, how would you feel in this scenario? Because I this came up to me once, and and I'll say something like, "So if I'm in an elevator, and there was a woman next to me, and as soon as a person of a different race or color came in, that woman started kind of feeling like you know she started f- pulling back, and she looked like she was afraid. What would you think in that situation? Has that ever happened to you, where you felt unsafe from someone who was another person? And like we start these conversations this way with my teenagers." 
And they say, yes, mom, but I don't understand how come this happened and why do people always call this person this slur? Where does it come from? You, so you open up the door and the kids will bring you their questions themselves, their doubts, their questions, things that are there. And sometimes I'll say, I don't know. And sometimes we'll say, well, this is what it means. And that's why they're saying that, or this is the history behind it, or let's learn about the history behind it. But you just have to let your kids know that this is a safe space where what you've learned, you can explore and talk to me at home about. Because the kids in the schools can't do everything. They, they'll say someone, they'll say something and then they'll walk away. They get to chew on that and they get to learn about that and they get to process that at home if you so choose to. Or else they're just names that they're, oh, okay, okay. So it's like, you know, it's like a math question or something. They hear it and they're like, okay. And they nod their head and then they walk away. But it's it's the tutoring. It's the it's the educating that has to happen. But you need to be able to say to the kids that this is a safe space for you to bring your questions and let's learn from it or let's learn about it together. Or those, how they think- say, mom, yeah, go ahead. I was just say, I think what you get when you don't have those conversations, if you don't bring it home and don't talk about it at the dinner table, is you end up with adults who have been trained that we don't talk about that. Right. So then when it comes up in life or in politics or in any other aspect of our world, people don't right. know how to talk about it because they've been taught that that's not something we do, or right. we don't talk about color. We don't acknowledge someone's color, or we don't learn about that colorblind right like we're all colorblind like yeah so if without practice people don't gain the skill and that's how you end up with a lot of adults that don't know how to have an uncomfortable conversation they never practice that skill where when you start it young kids kids are the most like they will talk about anything and they will get fired up and they will honestly they will be flipped forever and they will now forever know hey we can talk about this this is what i learned and this is This is how we approach it. And you get such a different set of grownups years down the line. Right. More than being colorblind, right? We keep, I always say, be color brave, you know, yep. talking about, talking about it and recognizing it. And mm-hmm. then you're saying a safe space is even deeper than that, like making a courageous space. Right. Let's, let's be courageous about having these conversations. So when we Absolutely. do, you know, want to learn more that we're not going to be scared to, to talk about it. I, like I had that. a couple like of resources that. too. I wanted to, I love Erica's resources too. I'm like, I'm going to go look those up because I don't have I am, one. I think I have one. We have, we have the ABCs of Black history. So we just got this one. This one was new for us. So I haven't even read it yet. But it, <laughs> it goes into, we look at this one. MS for March and talk about protesting and, and stuff like that during just the civil rights era, but even during Black Lives Matter, right? So, which is so recent in our, in our history. Like, did y'all go to it? Well, I know you probably did, Erica, but- I did, of course I did. I did too, of course. It was my first March, actually. Well, I've been to a science one before, but that one was uh, my first Black Who's so the author on that one? This one is, Real Cortez. I'm putting it in the comments of this so that folks can look it up. Perfect. A Harlem-based writer. Yeah. And then you mentioned Blackish. I was going to mention Blackish. I've actually been watching a couple of the seasons I haven't watched, but that's like a family-friendly show that you can watch with your kids too. It's mm-hmm. what 20-minute episodes, and they talk about some deep stuff in that show but they make it family and age appropriate as well and then I love mixed this because it's like my life but <laughs> yeah good. we watch blackish in our house it's a favorite 
Yes, we love black books. And uh, there's some movies that I talk about in the blog that's coming out later too, like, you know, just movies like Soma or The Color of Friendship is really good. From Disney? Disney. Yes, it's so good. (laughs) And yeah, that's a great one too. So there's definitely a lot of resources like that Tom Keen said about having the conversations and Erica said about the reading and you can watch some shows or some movies that's going to go just beyond talking about Rose Park, MLK, Barack Obama, even though Michelle Obama is like my favorite person in the whole world, so I will talk about her all the time if I can, but there's more. You know what what else do we do? Sorry, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Sorry. I was just going to say the movie Zootopia. It is not about black history, but that is a, that movie is about like race relations in a community. So if you want to talk about it and then like, or watch it and like draw parallels, like how does that relate to like, and obviously everyone loves that movie. The songs are banging. So just Mm -hmm. another great Disney resource. We also do this where we watch um, a certain movie that, that we has been a family regular, but then we try to pick up on the stereotypes that are being in that movie and how we, how this movie we used to like or watch for entertainment, but we would realize the subtleties in there. Mm. in who the savior is who's the one needs to be rescued and what is it that they're portraying and the prejudice behind it and the bias and the subtleties and and it's an interesting um, way to watch movies when you watch with your teenagers and you kind of they kind of look past the storyline that they fell in love with that we all fell in love with and then they pick up on like huh I didn't get that wow she used that word Mm, like you know they're kind of like cringing on it and sometimes it'll be like present day and they're like how come the one who's saving is always like so and so and how come this person is always like come from a broken home and they're always like this and and and, you know and they they were nothing until that white person brought them you know and 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 highlighted to the world their hidden talent and then suddenly the whole world recognized them and it's there's just so much and they realize with that, that how many subtleties have played into their mind about, about who and what who, the saving person and, and like the victim looks like and what a savior looks like. And these things. So I, I, I love that my kids, as they're getting older, we're kind of like picking up on the stuff that they could not pick up on before or we couldn't talk about before, but now we get to. Or how to reread the news and realize, hey, that sounds really rich and biased mm-hmm. or that's more editorial than news. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Tumkin, that makes me think about like, there are different conversations you can have with the kids at, at their different age levels. Right. But I mean, I work with, my club has first graders in it and they're able to talk through this stuff. Mm. So there's not a too young. I don't want anyone right. like, you can have a totally different, deeper conversation with a teenager. That doesn't mean wait until they're a teenager. Right, right, right. But it also so, means that every age is, is ready to, and that, that we can, we, you know, we can't dismiss anything just because someone is too young or older. Mm-hmm. You can't have those important conversations depending right. on their age. Right. So and I'm hoping that no one feels like, oh, well, my kid's only six. It's too soon. No, never too like, soon. It is not. Ask a brown or black kid when it's too soon. Exactly. My, my preschooler once told me that, that, you know, how her, her friend said that she wasn't pretty because her skin wasn't white. So, so, you know, she, and she didn't understand when she colored a paper, why she couldn't leave it white, why it had to be colored in. So, you know, these are conversations we're already having with our kids. Mm-hmm. The world already told them they were different. But then we, as I can speak for white, because I'm white, 
rarely have those conversations, right? I'm, I'm 100% guilty of it. I feel like sometimes I forget as well. And then we don't have the conversation and then it's not until something tragic happens or do you know what I mean? It's, it's constantly being, it's in the back of my mind, but it needs to be more present when it comes to my kids. Like we have the conversation, but I hearing a lot of the stuff I'm like, Oh, but I don't think we have it enough. And I'm sure other people are like, what's too much. What's enough. What, what, you know, like with anything, what is good enough? Yeah. I guess I wonder. Yeah. I'm sure there are, I would imagine that that would probably be a lot of white parents trepidation is like, I don't know how to manage. Like, yes, I want to do this, but I don't know when or for how long or how much, or like, do you share the scary stuff? Do you share only the happy stuff? I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. But like Tom Keen said, I've been exposed to all of it. It didn't matter. No one asked my permission. Yeah. Like it happened. I wonder if it's even making it a point like once a month to it, it, you know, and I'm saying this as like somebody who doesn't do it at all. What could they do? Maybe have the conversation, you know, buy these books, maybe once a week, you're bringing out that book and you're talking about this person or, you know, where it's not just like, oh, it's black history month. So this is what we're going to do the entirety of black history month. But what could we do the other 11 months of the year to really educate our children or have the conversation present? Or like you said, Tom Keen, like watching Selma. And you know what is so interesting? I was just sitting here thinking, I hate watching movies that bad things happen. What is that movie where I think I cannot, it's, it's the big black guy and blindside. Is it? Nope. This no, is a, this is a it, the blindside was what I was talking about when I was talking no, about senior it's stuff. Another one. I, I cannot remember who Matthew McConaughey, I think was it McConaughey was in it, but something bad. And I just like that part just like broke my heart. And so like, when I think like Selma, for some reason in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, bad things are going to happen. It's going to be sad. It's going to be off. like, and this is coming from someone who likes to have uncomfortable conversations. Isn't that crazy? Well, maybe movie isn't someone something and maybe it, it might be, but it might be another resource that, that could be. I mean, there, there's just so much out there. There's I'm just some, generalizing yeah. like how people might feel and trying to say like, what could we do? Like what could, you know, and yes, it's, and this is where it's even like, Elizabeth, you hear what you're saying because you like to have uncomfortable conversations, but you don't want to watch it because it's going to be sad. You know what though? Here's my advice for that. I actually like, I no longer will go see another underground railroad movie i will not go see another movie about slavery because like i'm sick of living in the black trauma look for those pieces of media that are just stories like i'm so excited about what um jordan peele is doing because he makes horror movies that star black casts and it has nothing to do with their blackness it is just stories and it just so happens to be an all-black cast that's what is amazing about blackish they are just living a normal wealthy life in LA that I can't relate to and they'll occasionally like have stories that involve their blackness but a lot of it is just them being a family so like looking for these pieces of media that star black people just because and that's one of my favorite like I don't like scary movies but I was so excited to see black horror movies come out because usually our horror is something that happened to us but like just to see people get to live a normal life in a movie yeah. and they were just brown 
well, you remove the otherism, right? It, be- it becomes like it normalizes everything. It's not like, yeah, a, yeah it's not like, like we a, just have live regular lives too. We just right. go to the market and go to work and like come home and raise our kids just like everybody else. Right. For yeah. us to be in a movie or a TV show doesn't have to be about civil rights. Yeah. that's what's so great about even movies like Encanto that just came out right like people are kids are seeing themselves right right when we were watching my son Jackson has the same hair as the little little boy and he's like Antonio yeah Antonio looks like Jackson looks like Jackson (laughs) oh see that's stuff I think we have to see themselves on TV after right and it's not even TV and the books and, and, yeah. and, and ads when you go to the store and you see like people who look like you, you know, like that's that's what makes it great. Cause it's not it's starting to get there, but it's not always done like that. Well, I was gonna say I think too that kind of ties in part of the black history connection. When you're looking for those pieces of media that are just stories and happen to feature black and brown people, like pay attention to how hard it is to find it. Mm-hmm. and let that be the discussion that's a great I like that that's great yeah there could be other discussions about schedule and see like a bunch lighter skinned black people and not dark skinned black people and then the colorism comes into play and that's a whole different conversation but that's just like diving deeper into the propaganda and yeah and mm-hmm. well maybe this is even so here we are giving you guys this little something to think about. We also don't want it to be overwhelming. It's more like, Hey, what can you do? And maybe it's something we could talk about in two weeks. We will be back in two weeks, order the books in the meantime, even if it's just one order, one of the books that the, these ladies suggested, or even Erica, did you put them in the comments? I put the books in the comments and then later I'll go back and put the list of names that I sent to my teachers um, of just folks to look up. Yeah. And I'll add that to it too. And follow somebody that doesn't look like you or, and intentionally, not just go follow them, like intentionally read through their stuff. And, you know, you don't have to start somewhere. It doesn't have to be this where you're out protesting. It, it literally can be something as simple as reading your kids' books to start and then graduate to the next level of things. But in the meantime, order the books, even the um, social justice, justice parenting that you can get and maybe start there and maybe even encourage your kids when they come home and they're talking about Martin Luther King, that's like your perfect opportunity to grab out a book, one of these books and pick somebody out of there that, that you don't really know about even someone you want to learn about doesn't just, there's a great educational opportunity here for you and your children. And I think that is the coolest part. So do you guys have anything to add before we before we wrap up for you and come back in two weeks, we don't, I don't know the topic yet. We'll figure that out. It kind of is just what, what is happening, but I know a lot of things that we discussed here even could easily become, you know, I think little things like microaggressions and, and things like that, people always need a little reminding on. So as we, we really head into celebrating Black History Month, maybe we can talk about that and how we could be different. So just an idea, we'll, we'll discuss that we always have great behind the scenes conversations, but 
thanks for being here, you guys. And if you want, don't forget, DM us. If you have questions, DM Eric, Tim, Erica, Tim Keen, Kanisha, ask questions. If you want to DM me, obviously I only have one perspective. <laughs> so, but I also do like to read a lot of books on it. So I have a lot of stuff. But other than that, ask the question if you you need more recommendations or you just want to start a conversation. Don't forget, they're there. We're here for you. And I hope you enjoy this Monday before we get dumped snow on us. Hopefully we don't, but enjoy the sun. Bye guys. Bye everybody.